880 KRVN, 106.9 Kearney, and 98.5 Grand Island. Good afternoon and welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer. Uh, today we're visiting with P.J. Conrad. He's with Trade Haas in Lincoln. P.J., thanks for visiting with us uh, here on a Friday. Uh, quickly taking a look at the market screen here, uh, mostly weaker in the grains. Uh, one exception would be Kansas City wheat, which uh, found a way to settle in the green. But, you know, corn was down uh, 2 to 5. Soybeans uh, still can't find a bottom, 12 to 15 cents down here. Uh, before before we talk about commodities specifically, uh, just give us your your thoughts on the last trading day of the week. What was kind of in play? What was the attitude of the markets here on a Friday? Well, you know, the uh, the attitude of the markets sure didn't follow the uh, attitude of the weather. It's a beautiful Nebraska day being 50, what, 50 some degrees and snow's melting, but the markets sure didn't want to take it into account. It, you know, it seems like there's a lot of external you know, maybe economy factors. I know there are some job numbers that came out that those came in higher. You had the Fed this week talking rate cuts uh, later in the year, not early in the year. That sent the dollar up. You know, the dollar's kind of been surging here the last couple of days. And so it's not necessarily that it's overly bearish. It's just not bullish. And uh, right now, the way the market's acting and the way the market's performed over the last 30 days, really, if it's if it's not bullish, we're going to sell it. So there's no uh, no buyers out there on on neutral news or you obviously bearish news. We put so much of that in account, but uh, you get these markets. If you really you look back, Chad, and you think about this, the last three years, uh, the, the conversation's been opposite of this, right? Um, the market's been higher, up five or six, because of some uh, minimal news that caused it to go up. Because there was easy to find buyers, the trend was higher. Uh, you're on the flip side of that now where the trend's just uh, it's not our friend and it's lower and it's any reason to sell the market's going to find a reason to sell it and uh so today was case in point of uh, a grind uh that maybe didn't need to go lower today not necessarily bearish news but it's not bullish and you got prospects of uh you know, bearish information and not bullish it's just hard to find anything to get excited about the marketplace today yeah. Uh, let's bring up a uh, talk about the impact of that higher dollar, because uh, that's kind of disappointing. I mean, you know, we want obviously a strong U.S. currency, uh, but you know, we were just finally starting to get our feet under ourselves with some corn moving. Uh, you know, we were above a year ago. Uh, that was a that was a good news item. Uh, do you think that's gonna, that movement's going to continue? Are we going to try and pick up on soybeans at some point or uh, what, what impact is that dollar going to have on on exports? You know, it's, uh, it's just a uh, thorn in our side, right? Uh, it's not that exports, especially on the corn side, have been bad. They're just not, they need to be great. You know, we're, we're above last year's pace, but we have to be to hit, you know, kind of USDA projections. And so the stronger dollar just makes it, uh, makes us less competitive worldwide. So our price needs to essentially go down to offset the dollar strength from a global price perspective. And so anytime you hear a higher dollar and working higher, and it's really actually been, you know, yearly, we're knocking on some of the highs or at the upper third anyways of where the dollar has been this year. So it just hasn't been advantageous to get people to make our corn more attractive from a price standpoint worldwide. And I think you look for little things like that, right? Had, had the reverse happen and we were trending lower, 
our commodities have really been reacting to that. So I just go back to the point of, you know, exports, uh, some of it's the dollars, some of it's the fact that South America has plenty of supplies. It's their harvest, uh, especially on the soybean side of things, that it's cheaper to buy from them right now. Now, could our exports on beans come back in later in the marketing year, you know, June, July? Definitely a possibility. You hear that chatter, but, you know, four months ago, you heard the chatter that uh, China could step in in January, and that hasn't uh, hasn't materialized here. So, really, you know, our, you look at exports and, and really everything that's happening, it's South America's been the driver in the export market. Now you get some, you know, maybe chatter about some stuff going on over in uh, Ukraine from an export standpoint. Uh, could we be, you know, India showing some interest in Ukrainian corn? Uh, it obviously, doesn't have anything to do with us necessarily, but that's a new country stepping in to buy uh, buy corn. So will some of the Ukrainian exports get replaced with our corn? I think that's always the hope. And uh, fresh demand, no matter what it is, even if it's not coming from the U.S., is good for us. Something else that can have an impact, and and we've seen it have an impact both on corn and and soybeans, and that is the energy markets. We were talking kind of earlier in the week how uh, crude oil was stronger, and it seems like kind of backed off here at the end of the week. What's what's the latest on the on the energy chatter, if you will? Yeah, it's been a wild week in the uh, crude market. Uh, what we finished off, or I guess it's still trading here, but down a dollar and a half, and we got as high as what seventy nine this week, uh, about early week, and we were right around the seventy two level now. Uh, you, a lot of that's you had the early week fears of war with Iran, right? And so that drove some of these energy markets. Of what's what's that do to crude oil production or the ability for us to import or move crude worldwide? Um, where do we go from here? I mean, you you look back and we've been as low as 70, uh, but we really haven't broke that in the last year, so to speak. So obviously higher crude prices usually lead to uh, higher grain prices. That's not 100% correlation, but it's better for ethanol. And ethanol is still uh, robust from a profitability standpoint, but the volatility, especially to the down, is not good for just commodities in general if you look across the board like you said uh, right in the open here the only commodity what that really closed higher was wheat and so you get broad selling like that it just spills over to everything and i think there's some economic fears over in china and really uh, i know our jobs number was good and and what have you but there's probably some uh, should be some fears about the u.s economy too all right. Again, we're visiting with PJ Conrad from Trade Haas in Lincoln. Second half of the channel final bell is coming up here in just moments on the Rural Radio Network. A best of both worlds product portfolio is one of the aspects to look forward to from the new channel brand in 2025. Here's Matt McGuire, new channel dealer from Wisner, Nebraska. With bringing in Fontenelle and Channel together, I think that our portfolios will also be second to none, especially on the corn side. It'll fill holes for both companies that customers may have seen there before, and I think it's just going to uh, make us really rock solid on the corn side. For more, contact your local Channel Seed Pro in Nebraska, Kansas, and Colorado. 
Welcome back to the second half of the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer. That's PJ Conrad. He is with Trade Haas in Lincoln. And uh, let's continue our conversation as we wrap, uh, wrap up a week's grain trade. Um, I, I guess uh, you, you brought it up in the first part. We haven't talked about it much, but that was the, the fund activity. The funds continue to uh, pick the short side of the market to be on, huh? Uh, they really do. I think uh, I'd have to uh, don't quote me on the numbers, but the other short two to two hundred seventy-five thousand corn. Uh, typically, you see that flip back over when they get this short. You'll see some short covering. Uh, you get a little fundamental bias to, to the up, and then we'll see it. You know, not necessarily them go long, but at least cover their shorts and push the market higher. Uh, a couple things probably battling us right now is this, there's just no bullish fundamental news to spark that fund buying and you know the the funds will ebb and flow and that's the way it's supposed to go but the, you know i guess counterpoint to that is in you know 2019 funds were short about the same for this time of year and they pushed short about 350,000 contracts in may before we uh, had a hard time getting that crop planted and, and ended up flipping long in the dollar the market rallied about a dollar at that time and so just because funds are short doesn't mean the market's going to rally, but it definitely opens the door to any fundamental news that uh, could hit the markets to a bullish standpoint to give us more of a powder keg back higher. But, uh, you know, we've been searching for some bullish news for it feels like uh, at least a strong month here. That's when prices have really fallen off here in the start of 2024. You talk about a powder keg to try and light that off. I, you made me think, uh, is this a rubber band? Is At what point does it get so far that all of a sudden we slingshot back the other way? Could that Would that happen pretty quickly, do you think? Uh, definitely can. I mean, you, look, uh, you can study after study and uh, price after price. You look at and say, we're going to get a retracement. And we're going to get, you know, X cent rally. And this happens, you know, 19 out of 20 years, you know, or whatever it is. Happens every year. The thing is, tell me when that rally is going to be and tell me the catalyst to do it. Because right now you can sit down and I can pick out 10 bearish reasons in the market and it's hard to find one bullish one. And so, you know, if the fun part about marketing is once you get that rally, you'll look back and say, man, I've that was so easy to see. You should have saw that coming. Right. But, you know, at some point we're going to get and maybe it's not the like rubber band situation of a big rally. You define rally, I guess, from a technical standpoint we're trying to move to strength here and really we haven't been at a point of strength since november uh but that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to five dollars or you know four sixty but it means the momentum of the market will be topping out and that should we're trying to get there uh be nice to see us get back or back closer to 470 kind of before uh this march expiration i know a lot of uh basis contracts and also people just want to move grain here in the next 60 days would sure like to see some positivity in the market but again i just keep going back to it seem we need literally any uh positive reason for us to get there and that could be weather that could be you know something economy wise something worldwide it doesn't matter you just got to have the catalyst for it to happen when you get in these trending lower markets like we are now Mm-hmm. All right. So with that in mind, are there some action items? You mentioned basis, watch, watching that. Should we be setting floors or what? what's kind of our call to action this time of year? You know, a couple things. I think you're if you're sitting a lot of old crop, uh, you're probably wanting to turn it into cash with interest rates and you're going to get pushed in a corner 
uh, to make a decision, most likely. And I, I think you got to be a pricer, take advantage of the basis. You know, everyone's numbers are different, but you got to, at some point, you got to part ways with it, and you can't stay long forever unless you're uh, feel financially sound enough to. Old cross probably a little trickier conversation because you know, it depends what you have sold. But you look ahead to new and uh, doing something proactive. You only start in the February or the crop insurance spring pricing month here in February. Um, 480 is roughly where we're trading today. And, and do you try to set some floors and get things moving ahead on that crop uh, to understand your profitability levels? Uh, just for reference, you, know, you can see you get in these big carryouts. And, you know, there's talk of 94 million acres being planted on corn with a trend line yield. That's super burdensome, right? I mean, we were talking massive carryouts. It's going to take a potentially a lot for this market to get excited moving forward. So getting aggressive on your 24 crop uh, and keeping some flexibility to the upside, to me, makes a ton of sense. But you got to understand your numbers, too, and also be content to put yourself in a mindset that if the market's a dollar higher. How do you feel? But also, more importantly, if the dark market's a dollar lower, what does that do to you? And how are you going to uh, effectively and efficiently protect yourself going into this growing season? Great thoughts. Uh, PJ, thank you so much for the information. Again, PJ Conrad, he's with Trade Haas in Lincoln. Their website is gotradehaas.com. Again, a reminder, trading of commodity futures does involve substantial risk of loss. It might not be suitable for all investors. That is today's Channel Final Bell. It's brought to you by Channel and your local dealers. Here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyer reporting.